0: As we enter the doldrums of the mini crypto winter so far in 2022, Tony and I figured that we ourselves should prepare for the next bull run. We prepared the first of three episodes focused on trading and investing so that you listeners can be prepared to capitalize on the next bull run. Sit back and prepare to be educated on the trading basics and specifics for some strategies that we hope can take us to the moon and you along for the ride. Please enjoy this trading overview and basics episode number three of the Crypto Scrubs Podcast. Market recently? Holy crap, the market is dropping like crazy right now. Yes, I have. We're, we're down like 20-30% uh, within 24 hours. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we went under the 40,000 mark, um, which is significant in my opinion.
0: Right? Yeah, for BTC we're under 40,000 for Ethereum we're under 3,000, so uh we're under a lot of things here. Underwater <laughs> most of you, I think uh who bought in the past couple of days, but uh that's how crypto goes. Crypto goes up, crypto goes down. At the first uh part of each episode, we hope to bring you some news that happened over the past week or two. And the first Major event that happened last week was Bitcoin Conference 2022. Um, I have a blog post up about my key takeaways, but uh, the Bitcoin Conference 2022 is all up on YouTube. So please uh, look that up. And my key takeaway from that was how much government was involved and the importance of uh, government and regulation and how. When we do get that regulation, literally trillions of dollars of capital will flow into Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. So definitely check out um, what's on YouTube. Bitcoin Magazine did an amazing job hosting a conference in Miami. And uh, definitely check those YouTube videos out in the blog post on our website.
1: Yeah. So again, uh, please check out the blog. It's a really good summary of each um, keynotes, I guess, that uh, Galen has done. So that was a really good, uh, quick read. And also at the same time, I, I just started listening into um, the Bitcoin conference, um, so I don't have much to say about it. But I do want to uh, mention about what would happen if you know, regulation got involved with cryptocurrencies. Um, that question was actually deemed to be um, asking if it was actually bad for the cryptocurrency space. But in, in reality, I thought it was a great thing that regulations was going to be on board in the crypto space because that pretty much legitimizes um, cryptocurrencies and the market. So, yeah, I told the guy who asked the question that I think it's a great thing and everyone should be looking forward to it.
0: The main thing that I heard was uh, trillions of dollars of from the capital allocators, from hedge funds, institutional investors, are waiting on the sidelines. And once they hear the green light from the US Senate and Capitol Hill and the executive branch, uh, Joe Biden's administration, they're they're gonna just release the floodgates from what what they've had parked on the sidelines. And one of the main things that stood out to me was that uh, we might have a new S&P sector for crypto Web3 and blockchain technology. So imagine a whole Web3 sector of the S&P and I think there's hundreds of trillions of dollars in the stock market right now in equities um, I think that actually that exact figure was actually 112 trillion dollars so imagine having a chunk of that dedicated to just bitcoin
1: <laughs> that would be incredible that's like having its own index just for this new emerging technology that's like investing into these technologies is like investing into the internet bubble like in 1999 so um that would be that would be actually kind of incredible
0: yeah in other news uh axie infinity was hacked for 600 million dollars um that's some that was something major 600 million dollars of axie that's like all of the axie (laughs)
1: that's that's almost a billion dollars um i think most of these nft games are market cap is around a a billion or two billion dollars maybe if it's big enough 14 billion but Um, that's almost a billion dollars. And so that single-handedly, one hacker or maybe a group was able to hack something, you know, a protocol that everyone thought was safe um, and took $630 million just like that. Yeah, that
0: that definitely shook up the NFT space and also the Ethereum space in general. Uh, When that hack happened, all of the other blockchain gaming uh, NFTs de- declined in value at the same time and also definitely shook up the confidence of the NFT sector. And I've been thinking recently, like if the judging from past crypto crashes and crypto winters, this one is nowhere close to a bottom. So definitely uh, hold on to your pants for <laughs> for any volatility that might be coming up because I think Ethereum can, not to be like a bear or anything, I'm very pretty bullish on here. I own Ethereum, but... Um, we might see triple-digit Ethereum numbers under a thousand when when this um before the cycle is done. Galen, I have to tell you that I'm actually excited to hear that. Um,
1: I'm really looking forward to a fresh start or a big bottom for Ethereum. I really want to be able to own 32 Ethereum and just start a node uh, when they start with proof of stake. Hence, that they still need to prove themselves that they're going to be secure in the long run, but. Um, I really want to get involved with the whole Ethereum network. Um, but right now, it's just too expensive to join. And there's just too much risk because there's so many uncertainties. I'm not willing to risk that much money just to start a node um, in this time of day. But uh, sooner or later, hopefully, um, when it does drop to maybe in the uh, four digits, 1,000, 1,500, even less, I, hopefully, like it, when it did like in 2018, it actually dropped to two digits, which is incredible. Um, but that happened, so we're. Lo- I'm really looking forward to that. So
0: going into our episode, of part one of three of this kind of educational trading series, uh, sharing with what we've been through as uh, have have heavy investors at one point, um, going through multiple of these crypto cycles. What we shared with you listeners, um, kind of for for myself, it's kind of me taking notes and preparing my, myself to, for the next bull run. Um, is that what you think, Tony?
1: Yeah, most likely. Um, I, I've learned a lot since 2017. I lost a lot of money and a lot of gains. So um, going into 2021, I actually had a, a plan, like more of like what I call a thesis, a, tr- a trading thesis. Um, and so I stuck with that plan um, since 2018 um, during the bear market. And I plan on doing the same thing for uh, the next bull run, uh, which would be the next halving, if I'm correct. Yeah. I'm um, not too sure yet.
0: Uh, Tony and I have both traded, a starting I think starting from Bitcoin in 2017, uh, moving from Bitcoin to like other altcoins when when that season 2017 2018, um, losing a lot of money in altcoins, uh, and then flipping back to Ethereum. And bitcoin trading those majors and also i dabbled into leverage trading um, before it was a band <laughs> in the us um and also that that was a whole nother story that took me on this wild ride of getting up to trading millions of dollars at one point and then going absolutely broke <laughs> Losing all of the the whales. (laughs) Yeah, I was a whale at one point in my life, but no longer. (laughs) I am now a small minnow, (laughs) starting from scratch. Yeah. So, uh, so let's let's talk a little bit about um, trading
1: versus investing. I know you want to talk about a little bit more of the trading side currently. Um, could you give us some examples of maybe what you went through in your past with the experience with trading? Yeah,
0: I would actually, if you're a new investor, I think most of you will be, if you're listening to this podcast, um, I would avoid trading uh, for the first year <laughs> that you're in crypto. I would get your feet wet, um, buy uh, your, your first crypto, get, get familiar with the volatility, and just have diamond hands for the first year (laughs) Um, (laughs) because if you trade for the first year, uh, a lot of people get shaken out and not be able to handle the volatility, especially if they haven't traded anything else before. So that would be my my advice to to new investors or traders. That's a great that's a great advice. I think everyone should have some
1: skin in the in the game. Um, having some money is great to take a look at, just to see your account go up and down, but not so much money, um, in a sense that where you can't live without it. So I think uh, you know be be, don't be too generous or how, how do I say, say this? Don't be aggressive. Um, when you're first getting in, I think just like even a hundred dollars is perfectly fine. Um, just to take a look at how much it grows and how, you know, how much it falls in a day or a week because, um, prices like change drastically.
0: Yeah. Only buy as much as you're willing to lose. That's the general advice. And, um, I want to Say again, we're not financial advisors, we're only trading, we're only sharing this advice for you and any listeners that would want to take it. Um, and also kind of doing this episode for our notes to refer back on when we're actually trading in the next uh, few months or a year. Yeah, that's a, disc- a
1: great disclaimer. Um, what we're trying to explain is just our experience with trading and investing in cryptocurrency space. So. Um, This is all hindsight after we've tried a lot of different things. Um, And so we just want to explain what we've uh, seen and what's the best strategy for everyone out there.
0: So first steps, uh, Tony, what do you recommend listeners that they would do to kind of get their hands dirty with crypto as one of their first trades? One of the
1: first trades I think they need to do is get to learn the mechanics of um, the app, the applications to buy cryptocurrencies, right? So you need to learn how to use Coinbase. You need to learn how to use um, Gemini. And um, these applications are onboarding ramps to the cryptocurrency space using US dollar. Um, if you're in United States or if you're in a different country, you could use different exchanges. But for the most part, I think most of our listeners are from United States. So I'm gonna go with that. And that you really need to learn how all the mechanics work, um, using your mobile phone versus PC because there are there there are differences, um, especially in fees, and uh, you'll definitely feel the fees, uh, once you start using it on mobile.
0: Yeah, I recommend uh, people use Coinbase Pro or Gemini because I think from a fee standpoint, they're they're most manageable. Um, in terms of trading fees. So, so what happens if when you execute a trade, the exchange takes a cut of your uh, what you buy? So if you're not uh, looking at too much into that, you might be paying a lot of fees for every single trade that you make in crypto over a long term. Um, Coinbase Pro, I think, has 0.5% uh, for each trade. And Gemini, I think right now is about 1% of your trade. So that is the fee that the exchanges will take a cut out of um, each trade that you get. And also, just logistics, shining up is super easy right now. Um, Before, it it was more complicated, but now you literally go to like pro.coinbase.com for Coinbase Pro, um, put in your email. Set up uh, linkages to your checking account for your bank and deposit your money and you're good to go. Um, most of the exchanges have instant buy capability. So if you transfer $5,000, all of that $5,000 will be available for trading instantly um, uh, for buying and a lot of different cryptos that they have available. Uh, Gemini is the same. Uh, other exchanges, alternatives, alternatives. Uh, We can go more and further into further episodes, but I think Coinbase Pro and Gemini are two exchanges that uh, Tony and I recommend. Yeah, we'll definitely mention some of the tools that we use uh, throughout the episodes,
1: but for the most part, um, one thing I would like to reiterate is that uh, pro.coinbase.com is actually a desktop version, so you would have to access it through your computer. Um, And the mobile app uh, Coinbase is just Coinbase, And if you just do Coinbase.com, that's the mobile version on the website. So it it can be a little confusing at first, but you'll get there um, eventually. And at the same time, there is some verification that is needed called KYC is know your customer. So when you're signing up for these applications, you're you are going to have to give up um, either your passport or driver license and get verified uh, and also have to send maybe a wire transfer to verify the deposits. Um, These are things you have to look out for and
0: things things that you're going to have to learn yeah it, it's more. all similar to setting up like a stock brokerage account or the adding a checking account in a bank you need to provide verification so it's nothing like you've not aren't familiar with unless you've been just living under a rock <laughs> 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 uh, so yeah that or if they yeah. or if they just never done stocks and so they're into or gotten a checking account or Bought a mm-hmm. car, or getting a credit card, or living <laughs> under a rock. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, that's an overview of kind of exchanges. So once you're on an exchange, how do you? Oh, what? What? Uh, what cryptos should you buy first? Um. That's that's the next mm-hmm. question.
1: See, that is a good question, and this is uh, an answer that not a lot of people are going to follow. Um, for one. I recommend that everyone have at least 90% Bitcoin and 10% anything else they want. Um, Because Bitcoin is king throughout the uh, bull and bear market. Um, I could tell you that, you know, this shitcoin is going to probably do 500x one day, one year. But honestly, it's not consistent. And so most people actually lose more money in um, altcoins. And therefore, they're not the best right now. there's also a narrative of Bitcoin being the real estate of uh, the cryptocurrency space. So it's like buying real estate on the digital market. And so that's going to be interesting um, because there's going to be a lot of liquidity, uh, high liquidity usage that you can do with, you know, whether it's collateral, um, taking loans off Bitcoin and leverage trading. So there's going to be a lot of liquidity in Bitcoin that everyone should invest in. And I think. Uh, that is the main token or coin that uh, everyone should get into first. Yeah.
0: I'd agree with that. So just from a risk tolerance perspective, the crypto crypto space is going to be a lot more volatile than what most people are used to. And, most people getting in right now are younger investors that never have ever invested in anything. So when they jump into, into crypto, you see this past week, even Ethereum drop everything dropping 20, 30% all in the span of a week. So a lot of people can't stomach that. And you don't want to jump into something like Shiba Inu or, um, some random other altcoins, uh, even Dogecoin at first, because, uh, you need to be able to stomach that volatility before you become a good investor or even a trader. So that's my recommendation just from a risk tolerance perspective. And also definitely when you're depositing your first uh, bit of money into a crypto exchange or making your first trade, um, just from the standard saying uh, buy as much as you're willing to risk uh, losing it all for so what that probably won't happen but just from how much your risk that you're willing to stomach that's a good rule of thumb to follow so after yeah. you take that first step we wanted to go into more um, general topics of how to be a good investor first which so we talked about a little about, a bit about trading and kind of the pitfalls and the dangers of trading um So investing, what are the general principles of investing?
1: A lot of the investing has to do with long-term in mind, I would say. Um, You would have a goal of how much you wanted to invest over a a certain period and then look to maybe profit from it or have some stash for the future. Um, One of my favorite, favorite way of investing is actually called dollar cost averaging. Um, Galen, do you want to explain a little bit about what that is? Yeah.
0: Dollar cost averaging is buying over a period of time um, instead of buying all at once. And because you're buying over a period of time, you're deleveraging yourself from the price price risk. So what that means is if I buy um, Bitcoin right now at under 40000 and, and, I, and I have a goal to put in, over time, $1,000. I, I would buy $100 right now, no matter what the price is. But let's say if the b- price goes down next week to $30,000, um, I would put in another $100. And the average of those two buys would be the break-even point for my $200 of my portfolio. And that spreads out the risk of me being stupid, and putting it all at the wrong price. Um, It does put a cap on your profit, but when you're starting out, that's the method that you should be um, taking, putting in small chunks of how much you're willing to put in over time just to spread out the risk of um, buying all at once or at the wrong price.
1: Yeah, so I also want to explain a little bit about my experience with dollar cost averaging. Um, Trading cryptocurrency was getting a lot harder uh, over time just because the market is 24 hours and so it's really hard to keep up with what's happening. Sometimes you have these huge dips in four in the morning or you know one in the morning or or a different time zone like Asia time zone um, there was a lot of activity at times so it's it's it was actually a better strategy for me to just dollar cost average and buy at least like a thousand dollars a month for um, every month at whatever price Bitcoin was at and that really helped me um, invest without having to think too much about when to invest um, because there really is no best time other than now. Yep. <laughs> um, you know, people say it's too little, a little too expensive, but I, I'm going to tell you it's going to get more expensive later. So um, I think um, dollar cost averaging every month, no matter what the price is, is probably the best strategy. Um, that you could have in the long yeah, term.
0: And an anecdote is if you were to buy start, if you were to start dollar caps averaging at the very high of the cycle when Bitcoin hit $69,000 and you were to dollar cast average from that point to today, you would actually be in a profit. Um, but instead, if you were to put all your money at the top of 69000 you would be down a lot. So that's the power of dollar cost averaging to spread out the risk and to remove yourself from any mistakes that you would make when you're starting out to trade or buy crypto. So it's a lot, it feels a lot better over the long term um, that you're actually up over a certain amount of time versus just feeling the pain of down 30% if you were to buy. So going to some pitfalls that I might, I made when I was trading and sharing with you listeners so you don't make the same mistakes we come with five pitfalls that you should avoid when investing or trading in crypto Um, number one what are shit coins Tony just what are they (laughs) shit coins is everything except for
1: bitcoin and ethereum and I say this because in the past five years or so in this cryptocurrency space, the top 10 did not remain top 10. Mm. If you look at the entire market, ranked by uh, market cap, we've experienced a lot of good projects go underwater and disappear and never come back again. So, essentially, almost everything is a shitcoin. It's for Bitcoin and maybe even Ethereum. It might enter becoming a shitcoin we don't know yet until pos proves itself that it works yeah
0: it's very true like if i look at the top 10 right now um all of them are new except bitcoin and ethereum um there used to be litecoin there used to be
1: ethereum classic there used to be eos the ethereum killer there used to be bitcoin cash uh in the top 10 right next to uh Number two, I would say, or something like that. Um, yeah, they're not top ten anymore. Neo is gone. A lot of these projects never even took off in 2021, Bull Run. Yeah. So And
0: even like Dogecoin um, right now, it's I don't think it's even top ten, but that was like number three for a while. That when wasn't it number three
1: earlier last year? Yeah,
0: it was somewhere? earlier uh in twenty twenty one when when Elon Musk went on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> that was when people saying like, oh, Dogecoin is going to take over Bitcoin. And then that, that was the height of it. And we just went down to like $0.11, cent, $0.13, 13 cents right? Now. So definitely like that. That if I were to have one message to send to my former selves, don't buy shit coins. <laughs> like just put that over that my is, laptop and my keyboard.
1: <laughs> that is my... From my experience, I actually used to own like 20 different shit coins at one point in 2017, which I didn't know. I thought it was diversifying, not putting every eggs in one basket, so to speak. But it really hurt me in the end because um, I wasn't able to capture the bull run gains that I was supposed to get. Um, Everybody was just doing like 10x or 5x and I was just doing a 2x um, because I, you know, spread out too much of my bets, I would say. And I put myself in a really bad position because at the same time, um, a lot of these shit coins that I owned never recovered, never came back. And I ended up having to sell them at the bottom to convert whatever I had to um, Bitcoin uh, during like, you know, 2018 or so. So I've learned a lot from that and I will never do that again. Um, I know I talked about this with you, Galen, that um, just having at least five bets at most is probably the best way to capture the bull market. And I think that's what I'm gonna stick with uh, in the future. One of the thing that I've learned through this, uh, and I still do this today, and it's a very bad habit, is that um, you kind of FOMO into the market when you see that everything recovered, everyone thinks like we're at good support, Um, it's continuing. We think it's going to go higher, but at the same time, it's riding along the lines of breaking through all-time highs. And that's something what I call uh, it's entering the no-man's land where we have no idea how high it's going to go. There's no resistance history up there. There's no support history. And so this is the type of space that we always run into during the bull market. At the same time, I have a bad habit of not being able to buy when it's like really bleeding like down 30 percent to 50 percent because everyone's afraid that it's going to continue to go lower which is which it
0: has in the past relating relating to like the best times to buy and sell that's always the question people ask like when should i buy when should i sell this and that's never there's never a clear answer but what you, you should do i think and other traders have talked about this is to always function with if then statements so what that means is if you're not sure where the price is going to go currently um, draft yourself a couple of if then statements if bitcoin hits uh, let's say if it's 35,000 now if it hits 40,000 and stays there then i will buy because that's a warning sign of strength in the market but also if the bitcoin's price is at 35,000 and it hits 30,000 but that level does not stay, then you do not enter and wait for the price to go lower. So I've learned over time, giving yourself a logical plan to execute on uh, for the future will set yourself and make yourself more confident in your buys and sells.
1: That's a good, great way to put it. I I like to call it um, sticking with the thesis of uh, your strategy, yeah. um, trading thesis of how when you when you buy at a certain level, when do you want to get out? Um, if, if it's gonna take you over two years to do, uh, dig yourself out of the hole then you know so it be, so may it be like um, just let it happen um, that's what I did with Bitcoin my average buys were like at ten thousand it went it dipped under to three thousand we were at full fear then nobody was talking about cryptocurrencies in communities um, no one around me believed it in it anymore they, th- they thought it was just a pyramid scheme or a scam because of how far it dropped um, but i knew in that moment that that full fear that everyone had was the time to buy yeah. and so i pressed i pressed the gas on that one and i definitely um, tried to hit the buy button from gemini um i remember work uh i remember doing this when i saw that uh bitcoin dropped for like a week or maybe a couple of days to like 3900 3400 and um i hit that buy button at those times
0: yeah a good signal for me is frankly like when people say bitcoin is dead that's when you should buy <laughs> <laughs> bitcoin has died i don't know five at that 500 times over the past <laughs> whenever it was alive yeah, so years. um yeah, that that's a good indicator when people are yelling at Bitcoin is dead, uh crypto is a scam. That that's 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 actually a good time to buy.
1: It's also a great indicator that how resistance it is, it like yeah. it is to anything, the entire market.
0: Yep. Um yeah, definitely. That that's some like kind of trading strategies that I've learned and Tony I've learned over the past five years. Um the next one is a a costly one. Um I think tip number three is avoid becoming emotionally attached to projects or storylines.
1: That is very true. I I remember seeing a lot of people being attached to EOS at the time. It was number three, and at the end of the day, it's just not going to be there. It's it the the head creator Dan Larimer he left the yeah. project after they show showcased that one application. From EOS, and it was complete crap of a project, um, and also, you know, I don't know what's going on with this year, but everyone is really boasting Cardano, and Cardano hasn't really been fruitful. I would say, yeah, um, I don't know why people are so attached to Cardano, but I don't think it's gonna do. It's not doing much now, and I don't know if it's gonna do much later. Um, they have some certain things like a wallet. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else they have.
0: Well, they have Cardano NFTs, but I think that's it.
1: What competing against the biggest Ethereum? NFT yeah, it, Cardano
0: NFTs are like a couple bucks <laughs> <laughs> U.S. dollars um, compared to like a, a few ETH um, think, compared to Ethereum. Yeah,
1: they don't have DeFi. They don't have. Um, I don't. I don't know what they have. They. 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 I think they're trying. But right. with so much money in there, you would expect to see hundreds of projects out there, and that I've see, I'm seeing advertisements like, on Twitter or something regarding how Cardano has like, hundred projects, but I've never seen them become fruitful. I don't yeah. see people using it.
0: I think people just get getting um, way too excited over cryptos that are like in the cents or a dollar or two, um, and most people don't understand the concept of market capitalization or market cap. Um, so when, when we're talking about values of cryptos, you want to look at the market cap based on the relative to other cryptocurrencies and, and Cardano, um, based on its market cap is very, very expensive, even though the price is around hovering around a dollar or two. So I think when people expect to buy crypto for a dollar, they all expect it to go up to like Bitcoin, like 40,000, but That that's that's not the right way of thinking about it. So um, yeah, bringing it to our fourth point, kind of related, is always do your own research and instead of following others. um, You don't know how what the risk tolerance for these other investors are. You don't know their financial situation, um, and you don't know their agenda. So when you follow like investors on like TikTok or Instagram or um, paid groups or people that sell like indicators, um, that aren't proven, uh, always do your own research, go with, uh, what is comfortable for you. If you don't feel comfortable about, about it and you don't know the like ins and outs of each buy or sell that you're doing, don't do it. Just start with Bitcoin and Ethereum and see how that goes for you. Um, a lot of people get like, really bitter about crypto because they say like all these people are said like dogecoin or shiba Inu are gonna keep on going up and up um you bought because you listened to someone on tiktok and don't blame like blockchain or or ethereum or um get get you sucked in right
1: yes please do not follow any tiktok groups paid groups or please do not pay for indicators i I actually paid for one just to test it out um, earlier last year. And I did a back test on it. And guess what the percentage was for the back test? Yeah. It, it was like 70% or something like that. It was actually right. way off. Um, it, most of the time, it was more wrong than right. So highly recommend um, not using those indicators. A lot of the indicators on TradingView that's already free are a lot better. Um, they there is actual free back testing on them as well, and so you can kind of see the percentage of how how well they work depending on different time horizons. Yeah, horizons. So, highly recommend using uh, indicators on trading view, and really look uh, into doing your own research um, before making any of these type of risky purchases
0: yeah and also talk to as many people as you can about this i definitely talk myself out of bad trades just by like writing my thoughts down speaking my thoughts out like on this podcast and then just also like calling tony up <laughs> saying like <laughs> hey is my trade valid because i actually talked myself into buying a luna uh i think i asked tony I was like oh luna is gonna hit Maybe $200 when Luna was like 115 this past week, but he talked me out of it or I talked myself out of it when I called him. So definitely like, vocalize, um, share, learn. Um, this is why we're doing this podcast. If we uh, say anything that doesn't vibe with you or does not make you feel comfortable, don't do it. Um, it's all about you and you making your own trades and you learning about yourself and you developing your own trading approach and philosophy.
1: Yeah, that's a great way to put it. At the same time, I remember Galen did give me a call and the conversation goes that um, I don't know if it ever ever helped him, but I did say along the lines that there's always going to be an opportunity no matter what to make money in this space Uh, The fact that it's so volatile that it's always going to be a point where uh, we could be buying in the red versus buying in the green. And so, you know, I I was hoping that was going to kind of help him a little bit to curve uh, buying into $100 Luna because it was literally riding on all time high at the time. And so um, one thing I've learned in the past five years is that there's always, always a buying opportunity, no matter what always like 30 percent down 50 percent down Um, those are like it always happens and so now i've been trained to um, hold uh, stable coins or cash pretty much on the side and just getting ready to click that buy button when it hits at least 70 percent down
0: (laughs) bring it to our last point of our five points is securing your accounts on exchanges um, or if you're holding your crypto on your own wallet, um, what are the best ways to, to do so?
1: Right. So a lot of people don't do this um, by looking into something called cold storage uh, USB wallets such as Ledger Nano and Trezor, um, T-R-E-Z-O-R Uh these are a great way to store your cryptocurrencies, such as Bitcoin and Ethereum and a lot of the big cryptocurrencies out there. Um, a lot of people currently today, as we speak, hold their crypto assets in exchanges, and those are considered hot wallets.
0: So Tony, um, what is a hot wallet?
1: So the hot wallet is pretty much the opposite of a cold storage wallet, um, meaning that it's on an exchange, your wallet is on an exchange, but they currently own your cryptocurrency. Um, they can technically turn off your withdrawals and transfers and they can hold onto your funds for any reasons at all. Um, if your funds are e- exposed to hacks on the exchange, um, it could be pretty much your cryptocurrency um, gone and therefore you're, you know, really not if it's not your keys, um, it's not your coins, so to speak.
0: Yeah, that's a common saying, right? Yeah. Not your not your keys, not your crypto. But I think if you were to store your all your crypto on an exchange, at least put a two factor authentication on it. Um and I would re- recommend that Google authenticator versus an SMS authenticator because oh <laughs> um, they're SMS two FAs. Uh, there could be a lot of security risk. People can actually um, do what's called SIM card swaps or porting. Um, they basically caught up your, your wireless carrier and say, Hey, I'm you so-and-so I'm looking to transfer my phone number onto this SIM card, which is, the thieves own sim card that he bought just five minutes ago so some um if you don't have like proper security set up with your wireless carrier people can take your phone number and then also take the access to your 2fa that you set up so that's why i i almost avoid sms 2fas at all costs and i solely use uh, google authenticator
1: that's a great way to explain two fa's. Actually, that's probably the very first thing that everyone needs to set up. Um, I use Authy. What do you, you use? Do you use, you say you use the Google Auth?
0: Google Authenticator, and also have a physical two fa. Um, it's called a YubiKey. key. So you can set that up, and then um, it's basically this USB that you have to physically put, plug in to do two fa. Um, I have that, and also. Google Authenticator.
1: Nice. Okay. Yeah, I use um, the Authy app, which is pretty much the Google Authenticator. And at the same time, another 2FA, which is just Trezor. It's like another cold storage wallet that helps me um, pretty much secure from any random uh, withdrawals and transfers and transactions. So even if they have my information, such as my login information, password, user ID, uh, they still need my treasure and my keys um, on the treasure in order to make any transactional um, deeds.
0: To wrap up our episode, we're going to provide you some resources that you can do to get started um, crypto beyond setting up your um, account on an exchange and making your first buys. So, one of the f- uh, main trading apps that I use for looking at prices and charting and everything. Definitely something you should look into. Um, just not for crypto, for stocks too. Like it's called TradingView. And TradingView is an app that you could download on your phone or tradingview.com. You could look at um, on your PC or Mac. So I almost exclusively use tradingview.com on desktop or a mac to look at prices and that gives me a full like screen view of what's going on what will what will happen and also i can set up like watch lists um, of the cryptos that i want to see and it's just a very good charting tool tradingview.com definitely you should check it out
1: yeah so i highly recommend everyone starting with tradingview um, it, it's really great for new users um, starting simple and then getting really technical with all the gadgets that they have. Um, but their UI is very simple to use, really easy to pick up. You can learn how to use the everything on that system or on that website within like 10 minutes of your experience with TradingView. And so I highly recommend um, using TradingView. I actually pay for TradingView currently for the highest plan um, because I wanted a lot of the additional uh, alert system that they have and such such as like the watch list Um, but definitely cool tool Um, you can actually have it on your phone and pc and it's surprisingly really good on the phone but um pc is recommended at the same time uh like galen said trading view is great for not only cryptocurrencies but also stocks in general and you can just have it on the fly and i usually have multiple uh, charts up at the same time you can uh, apparently do a lot of like multitasking on trading view instead of just looking at one chart at a time you can actually split it up into like six or two which is my preference um but yeah that's probably one of the best experiences i've ever had with uh, a charting tool is definitely with trading view
0: a secondary resource is actually uh coin market cap that uh, this is probably the tool to go to to look at um uh, just kind of a ranking of the top cryptos going down from like Bitcoin, Ethereum, the top ten, and also uh, doing doing my scans. I look at what what's been moving, what's moved in terms of altcoins, and it goes down to like almost every every uh, crypto. So if you're developing a watch list, going down like uh, the biggest ones, understanding which ones trade crypto coin market cap is. resource to go
1: to. Yeah, Cap is probably one of my favorite and the very first market cap site that I've ever uh, ran into in 2017. Um, It it was very simple and it still is simple but at the same time they've added a lot of new features. Um, They have added little tabs on the top to kind of separate them into different categories such as like NFTs and um, DeFi just to make it kind of like a lot easier to navigate through all these projects because there's thousands of projects out there. There's, a, uh, I also use CoinGecko. Um, one of the reasons why we use CoinGecko is they have a little bit more information, uh, usability, a lot of analysis on it. And at the same time, um, I know there's a lot of nerds out there, but definitely these two sites offer APIs. So you can extract um, the market, the entire market of crypto into Excel and automate it at the same time. So that's one thing that people do with on Google Sheets. Um, highly recommend checking out CoinMarketCap to start with and CoinGecko if you really want to get into it. Um, but they're pretty much the same exact site.
0: Yeah, so, so those are some sites that you should get started just to have some resources available. Um, some other really valuable resources that I've gotten probably 90% of my knowledge of crypto are other podcasts, um, which actually inspired me to do this podcast. Um one podcast that I follow a lot is the Bad Crypto Podcast by Travis Wright and Joel Com. Shout out to you guys! <laughs> so they do—they had over six hundred episodes uh, of a lot of informational content, um, but I think they've recently gone to more of an NFT route and also doing lots of other, um, more advanced topics. And my inspiration for this podcast was to bring it back to the kind of more basics, um, kind of resetting ourselves and getting more listeners involved into the kind of the ground zero of crypto again. But Bad Crypto Podcast is where I learned first uh, about crypto a lot. Um, so their earlier episodes are actually really good. But the um, yeah, so Bad Crypto Podcasts. Um, another podcast, good podcast is the Pump podcast. He not only does crypto, but a lot of other topics around kind of the technology, web three, um, life space even. So, um, those two podcasts and another, another third podcast is called Unchained by Laura Shin. She's more newsy. Uh, so I got a lot of information from that podcast as well.
1: Yeah, that's, those are really great podcasts to follow. I, I do definitely follow Anthony Pompiliano, uh, Andreas Antonopoulos, and Laura Shin. I came across a lot of hers, but she's um, very thorough, um, I would say. And she's yeah. her episodes are pretty long at the same time. Um, a lot of the stuff that I do follow on a current day-to-day basis, just to see how the market is trending, is on Twitter. Um, I use I follow some of the famous ones, Willy Woo, Plan B, Anthony Pomp, CZ Binance, Barry Silbert from Grayscale, Michael Saylor, and Andreas Antonopoulos. Um, also I highly recommend people looking into doing an audible uh, on the internet of money uh, by Andreas Antonopoulos. He explains it so well um in so many ways i've actually listened to that uh, audible in the car ride to work like at least three to four times over and over again Um, there's internet of money uh,
0: one and two on audible
1: so i definitely highly recommend uh, checking that out
0: yeah Uh, another book I've, i've going through is um the cryptopians by laura shin of unchained and it's probably the the most uh thorough Documentation of what happened with Ethereum and Bitcoin, starting from 2016 to now. So definitely check that book out. Um, it's definitely a very detailed read, but it gives you like insider information about how uh, the crypto market functions beneath the surface for the past five, five, six years. So I've been really enjoying that. Um, and what I follow on Twitter, on uh, Twitter as well. Again, Twitter is very, a very Important resource for me because that's a lot of um, just free information. Uh, traders actually follow uh, a lot as well. Um, here's some accounts like you can just go to Twitter, look at it, at, at BTC Jack Sparrow. Um, again, Anthony Poppliano, uh Trader Maine. He's actually has a lot of good resources and also uh, other NFT. A lot of people as well, like Loom Dart. <laughs> he, he has become pretty famous. So definitely follow your, get a not- notifications set up on Twitter, get a good followers list on Twitter. Um, definitely really valuable, just free resources that you should check out. So that wraps us up for, for the first episode uh, of Trading Overview and Basics. I hope you learned a lot. Uh, the next episode, we're gonna focus on diving down into the different tiers and categories of crypto. Uh, we mentioned kind of kind of getting started with Bitcoin, Ethereum, but I want we want to provide you of how the crypto landscape has shaped out, um, giving you an overview of a huge list of coins. So get excited for the next episode. Um, We're going to go talk about Bitcoin, Ethereum, mid-caps, older projects that haven't worked out, used to be A-tier projects, and then going down to like smaller coins that have really big potential that we think. So definitely keep your eye out on the next episode, part two of three of this trading series. All right, that wraps it up.
1: Thank you for, uh, listening in please don't forget to leave us some feedback um, wherever you find us also if you can like and subscribe if we have those buttons i know we're on multiple platforms so you can find us anywhere Um, also please feel free to check out our website because that is where we'll be sourcing all our episodes and uh, we look forward to the next episode